I see my name in shining lights, yeah. A different city every night. Oh, I, I swear the world better prepare for when I'm a billionaire. It's time to get down to business on the weekend's number one business program. Known as the king of networking, your host, Shalom Klein, has worked with thousands of entrepreneurs and created countless jobs. So, to success, let's get down to business. And indeed, we are all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship and business. We talk a lot about business here. You are on with Get Down to Business, and I'm your host, Shalom Klein. Remember, you can always download podcasts from Get Down to Business on my website at shalomkline.com. And while you're there, don't forget to follow me on Twitter at Shalom Klein. It's going to be a jam-packed week of content and information you will not want to miss. I am thrilled to kick off the program with Houston-based Perla Elizabeth Tamas, a visionary serial entrepreneur with a massive heart to help this country's Hispanic residents. And over the past decade, uh, Perla, our uh, first guest on the program, has dedicated her life's work to empowering others to unlock their truest potential. A serial entrepreneur indeed. Perla, welcome to the program. Hi, everybody. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, it's great to have you. So let's start in the beginning. Tell us a little bit about your background and how you became such a successful serial entrepreneur. I was born and raised in South Texas, first-born generation American and educated. Started very early on in the direction of my dreams, uh, studying my first degree, my bachelor's degree as a speech therapy assistant. And as I started working in my first job, I was 20 years old. I got to see a lot of firsthand information that um, my boss at the time was uh, doing as he was starting his new venture, a clinic for, for pediatric therapy. And um, since I was there on the ground with him, I got to learn firsthand the early milestones of, of uh, opening your clinic. Nine months after being on the job, I, first, I opened my first company at 21 years old. Wow, that's, uh, that is inspirational indeed. So I guess tell us a little bit about some of your life lessons learned from uh, getting started in business at such a young age. Um, and uh, we'll get into some of your philanthropic projects, which are truly inspirational, but life lessons, what things, especially this is going to be a theme of the show, it's December, what can people uh, learn from your story? Well, I, I think that uh, regardless of the success that you may reach in your life, you know, life is like a roller coaster. So never lose your ground and stay focused, right? When I, when I started working very, very young near uh, side my mom. I was probably seven years old, as young as I remember. And, you know, that was not my job, but it was my afternoon gig, right? After school, I'd come and hang out with mom and uh, help her do chores around her store. And that's where, that, those were my first, you know, outings and my first entrepreneurial skills as I gained very, very young and always staying humble and focused and, and knowing your surroundings. And from that has, um, that has been the birth to my philanthropic work around the country. Uh, I always like to stay close to, to the people. I like to stay on the ground and, and help people that need help now, right? And through our organization, which I am the director for the hubs of Hispanic Star, it's an arm of a national foundation called We Are All Human. We started networks around the country where we now have 30 plus hubs around the country, and we have already helped close to 300,000 people with over $5 million in product donation from sponsors like Procter & Gamble, 
and uh, COVID has has struck big and and very harsh to families and needs, especially our Hispanic population that usually work on a day to day. Right, they they work in the local restaurant, they work in you know the local tire shop, they work in in those 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 jobs where you do a lot of handy stuff, and those were the people that were taken off work when there was in shelter restrictions, and those were the people that were affected the most um, when it was time. Um, to, to bring food home. And those were the people that we have been helping out the most. It's a, very inspirational. So uh, you just talked about uh, your efforts being involved in helping Hispanic communities around the country that have suffered during the COVID-19 pandemic. So uh, tell us a little bit about uh, that involvement in Hispanic Star and how your nonprofit Love Soldiers became an important part of this important effort. So uh, the first initiative that will COVID happened and I went to quarantine in South Texas in my parents' family ranch because living in Houston, you know, where there's a very large population and concentration, the numbers were skyrocketing. At the, at the first part of the pandemic, South Texas, McAllen, the numbers were very, very low. And so I decided to quarantine over there. And in my clinics, we service people from a, a low socioeconomic background. And the first responses that I was getting from my facilities was that parents were suffering from um, outage of food. You know, there was no food to put on the table because they didn't have a job. They didn't have those, those extra dollars and they were having trouble because now they had the kids at home 24 seven. Right. And that's where we started the first campaign um, alongside Hispanic star was we're going to do the first campaign in the country in South Texas to help the families in need. And that campaign was only to help a thousand people with um, a Love Soldiers, which is my foundation, was going to do the initial seed donation to help those a thousand, those a thousand feet, those a thousand people. When I started calling elected officials and judges and uniting with a friend of mine that is a commissioner in the city of McAllen, she said, we need to do this bigger. By the time we knew it, we went to 21 cities and helped over 10,000 people with food donations. And as Hispanic Star, our founder, Claudia Romo Edelman said, Perla, you need to give us the recipe for this because this is what needs to be replicated across all the hubs in the country that we have. And so that's what we did, but that's where it started. It started from getting firsthand information from the patients that I treat in our facilities that were hungry. You know, people didn't have enough money to buy food for a week's supply. And uh, that was where it all started in a little town in South Texas. Very, very exciting. And right now we are dealing with another surge. And uh, this is definitely a message for everybody tuning in. Uh, Stay safe, uh, social distance, wear a mask, um, and uh, wash your hands. Uh, So uh, we are dealing with another surge and your important work with Hispanic Star is uh, is critical. Um, But another important event this year that um, that you have been involved in was getting more people to uh, contribute and and be counted. It's part of the 2020 uh, census. You created the Futuro uh, Hispanic campaign to get Hispanics to participate. What motivated you to do this special campaign and talk about the campaign itself? Definitely, you know, uh, our voices are to be heard, seen and valued. That is one of the missions of Hispanic Star And we know that a lot of the Hispanic population is afraid to make themselves count. And on the specifically for the census, the census to me is as important as voting for a presidential election or your local elected official, because those are the numbers that dictate 
how many electoral votes we have around the country and what is your local voice in your particular city. All of those numbers get derived from the census. Not only that, the census dictates how much money comes for emergency hospitals, for your hospitals, for, for um, your schools, for your libraries in your local setting. So the census is only done every 10 years. So if you don't, we didn't make ourselves count for the census, we were going to have a drastic impact on funded and the voice of representation for the next 10 years. And so we had a short campaign, unfortunately, because the census got cut back by a month, but uh, we were able to make an impact and we did activate this campaign in nine states where we have uh, local hub leaders with Hispanic Star. And uh, we, we were able to reach very successful numbers. Uh, amazing and uh, critical because uh, bottom line, as I think uh, all of our listeners are hearing from you, Perla, is that when uh, pressure uh, gets uh, set on, uh, you jump into action and a census is once every 10 years and this is the time to make a difference. So congratulations and thank you for your important work. Again, I've been chatting with Perla Thomas, um, involved in so many uh, a, uh, enterprises, a successful entrepreneur, but also so involved in community through Hispanic Star, Love Soldiers, and of course, uh, Futuro Hispanic um, in uh, campaign um, for the census. So um, we are just wrapping up this segment. So what are your uh, New Year's resolutions moving into 2021? Our New Year's resolutions for 2021 is to definitely expand the chapters around the country for Hispanic Star. We wish to have close to 100 active chapters by the end of 2021. So we have a lot of hard work ahead. We are very excited and delighted to be working with global companies like Procter & Gamble to, and um, Unilever, Johnson & Johnson, Yahoo, to name a few around the country that have really donated us time and dollars to be able to activate this campaign. So looking forward to uniting the Hispanic voice around the country for 2021. Yeah. Some people's New Year's resolutions is I want to go to the gym once or twice. You, uh, you decide to create chapters around the country and uh, that's what uh, Perla Tamas does. So Perla, you are an inspiration. Um, how can people learn more about your very, very important work? Well, we have our website, perlatamesinspiration.com. And the easiest to get in contact with me on a daily basis is Instagram. You know, we're, we're kind of in that vibe. So it's the at the Perla Tamez, and that's how you can find me on Instagram. Fantastic. Also LinkedIn, Perla Tamez. They're all with my name. All our social platforms are the Perla Tamez or Perla Tamez. And we'll make sure to link through the show notes as well. Well, thank you for, for joining us. We'll be back and get down to business. The show all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship after this very quick break. Chicago, don't touch that dial. We'll be back in just a moment. Hey, welcome back. You are listening to Get Down to Business. I'm your host, Shalom Klein, and I am absolutely thrilled to be joined by Doug Thompson. I've been looking forward to this conversation for a while. Doug is a uh, passionate storyteller, TEDx speaker, and uh, we'll get more into that background. But I love storytelling. I think everything in business needs to be about storytelling. So, Doug, I love to start in the very beginning. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure. I am. A, I'm, I'm a, in my day job, I'm a sales nerd, which involves a lot of storytelling. You, you know, Right now, we get to sort of explain how all these ones and zeros actually solve business problems. And it's best done through story. But I'm a retired two-time Ironman triathlete, so I just like suffering. And, and you know, there's always good stories that come out of suffering. So that's it's a little bit about me. 
I love it. Sales nerd. Hey, I can relate on uh, so many levels and I'm a marathon runner and, uh, and Hey, listen, I'm an army officer. Uh, yep. so I love to challenge myself all the time. <laughs> so storytelling, what yes. does storytelling uh, mean, especially, uh, to, uh, professionals that might be tuning in tonight? Uh, how can people sort of take that, uh, style mm -hmm. uh, and turn it into call it substance? And you, I guess you do this every day in sales. Yeah, I do. And, you know, it's sort of funny. You When you talk to some really bright technical people and you listen to them talk amongst themselves, they get into what I call text-splaining, to, to borrow, you know, the old mansplaining, we call it text-splaining. And they talk in this very technical jargon. Maybe they're talking Python or algorithms or whatever these things go on. And amongst themselves, because they share the same language, it makes sense. But in business, a lot of times you're talking to people who really don't understand the technology and, frankly, really don't care they have a business problem they want to solve. And so you have to sort of learn to say, to explain what the technology does in a language that they understand. And again, this is applicable to anybody. It doesn't have to necessarily just be technology, but, but don't get into the market, you know, know who your audience is. And this is something I discovered over my years and, and decades in, in technical sales is when I told stories, and sometimes they're analogies, sometimes they're metaphors, but, but you know, if I'm talking in a framework reference from which the customer is familiar, they're more willing to listen and get it and, and sort of understand what goes on. So that's why I do and leverage that. And I try to teach this to other people. Um, and it really changes lives it, it, when, when they learn that language and how to think sort of think in story is what I like to call it. I love it. And so I can tell that this is your passion, uh, mentoring uh, other folks in technology. Stop text-explaining, start storytelling, um, which exactly. is great. So Doug, I guess simple question over here is, does everybody actually have a story? Everybody has a story. And, you know, I have grandkids. And, and that, this is what really reaffirms that at one point in time, we learn to tell stories, you know, and, and you know, it's explaining things. And, and as, we, as parents, we tell children's stories. But somewhere as we grow up and we start adulting, we, we forget that skill. And our brains from the caveman days are wired to understand and story. So everybody's got that. And it's just simply thinking differently about it. It's how would I share this with somebody that has really no frame or reference, but the, the, the underlying content or concept is important to them. How do I think about it? So I think this morning I was, you know, just doing something with my granddaughter and, hey, this would be a great story to do. So I try to think in these things, always on to look out for it, but everybody's got a story. It's just getting your subconscious to say, I don't, here's the biggest thing is the inner bully comes in. And this is what my TED talk was about. And it says, you're not remarkable. You have no story. And Scott, when I was talking to you, I said, good Lord, you got like 80 stories that went on. It was just so powerful. And you embraced them so well and told them that was, it was great. Uh, you know, it's fun. And, and lately I've actually been uh, doing some teaching and uh, it's interesting because definitely storytelling is applicable in, uh, in education. I believe, honestly, we are all educators, much like we are all storytellers. We're all educators. And I simply share my story and I use it as a method to hopefully inspire uh, folks to grow. And that's really what Get Down to Business is all about. But speaking of Get Down to Business, so this is our show, but you have a show as well. You have a tech story podcast um, mm -hmm. where you uh, put these, uh, these, these lessons into practice and inspire a lot of folks yourself. So tell us a little bit about how that came to be and what is the sort of a mission of tech story. Yeah, it, it sort of came about, I, I, again, we're sort of realizing who my audience was and who the people that needed to learn to tell these stories the most, and that I, had, I could relate to the most because I've spent my life in technology. 
And I, and I love podcast. I love talking the most dangerous places between me and a microphone. So that's, you know, just natural that I'd be a podcast host where I get to do that. And I wanted to, to sort of get a format and learn, you know, again, meet interesting people that had great stories. And it doesn't necessarily focus on technology. That's the great part about storytelling is that the format and the framework of a story is very similar regardless of what it's about. You know, you have the, the arc, the hero's journey or what have you. And you can use that and, and twist it, not twist it, but you leverage it in many different ways. And so my, and through my podcast, I interviewed some, some very, very brilliant technical people that had a great story with it. But then some people that just told good stories. They were good writers. And in this next season, I'm going to focus on more of that. I'm, I'm going to get some actors. I want to get some writers. I want to get some producers. So those people that, that produce stories, TV, you know, movies and things like that, that that's their life. There's a lot of tips and, you know, and tidbits we can pull from that to use and, and leverage in our, our everyday life and telling stories. That's awesome. And uh, listen, you practice what you preach. So you are a, uh, a uh, technology nerd, as you said, uh, sales nerd too. Um, you've been embracing uh, different tools. So uh, folks that connect with you and we'll make sure people know how to connect mm -hmm. with you on LinkedIn, we'll see a lot of your videos that you've been posting. So uh, I guess, tell me how 2020 and this era of COVID what has been the silver lining for you? I'm big into focusing on the positive sides of things. Mm -hmm. What what have you done and implemented this year uh, in either your LinkedIn videos, your TEDx uh, talks, anything that you've been doing? Tell us something inspirational. Yeah, you know, I, I tried to do this before, but sort of expanded on it. You know, we, we sort of live in this life with a screen now. And a lot of my videos I try to take outside and it's doing an activity. There was a, there was a span there a month where I was doing, I wasn't doing, I was writing a lot of checks for construction and landscaping of the backyard, but there were different stages of it. And I sort of used the metaphor of going into life and doing different things like that, that people could relate to. And so I, I try to make it where it is, it is not, you know, it's not the same thing every time, but it, but it's me just having a conversation with my, my audience on and trying to bring a mindset and more positive because we all needed uplifting things during this time. Cause it's easy. You're, you're, when my daughter and I were talking on a walk this morning that we figure, you know, there's, you sort of have this hormonal imbalance, balance, imbalance or balance in your life when you're dealing with stress. And I, you know, and you start reaching a threshold before you boil over with somebody that you've been cooped up with the, the cabin fever. And I think with COVID, everybody starts at 25%. <laughs> so it's automatically higher. So how do you inject some humor and lightness and, and some positivity into that? And that's, that's what I wanted to focus on during this time. Well, that's, that's inspirational right there. Um, so Doug, if there's one action item that you want our listeners to take away from our conversation, what is the one thing that they can implement in the, I'm a big believer and take advantage of our remaining weeks of 2020. We're not mm -hmm. done with the year yet. They ain't over till it's over. So yeah. what is that one action item that people can put into practice this week, this month? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, we're all making these new year's resolutions, right? Well, why don't we start a month ahead of time? So that we sort of can ramp up and get some get some momentum going into that because you know we're real passionate. You know, look at gym memberships; you're passionate for about two weeks and then you sort of die off. So get in, just do it. And you do have a story. Find your inner. If you have that inner voice that's talking with you and saying, "Well, I don't have a story to tell," or "I I, can't, I don't look good on camera," ask it a question of why. Give me proof of why I'm not doing that, and you'll find out that that inner bully quickly has no proof. 
it just starts, you know, he starts just calling you names and, and doing other things like that. But there's no proof. If you question that and then just get out there and do it, it, it nobody's died from being doing a video. Nobody's died from doing these other things. So just get out there and do it and start the year now. And you have some momentum when you're going into the first of the year. Just make it happen. Don't plan. Don't plan. Just, uh, I mean, you need to have some planning time. Don't get me wrong, but uh, ultimately uh, get in, get into practice and make, yeah. make things happen. So again, I've been chatting with Doug Thompson, a passionate storyteller, TEDx speaker. Um, and again, can be found sharing his passion for storytelling in his LinkedIn videos and his tech story podcast. So uh, Doug, you're an inspiration, my friend. Um, how can people uh, learn more about you, subscribe to the podcast, and uh, hear uh, about the stories that you're telling every day? Sure. Thanks. LinkedIn is where I'm most active on that. I'm the Doug Thompson on that. I connect with just about everybody, and, and I'm happy to have a conversation with you on that. Also, the tech story, you can go to techstorypodcast.com or any of the major you know podcast platforms I'm on there. Uh, tech story podcast is, is it and i'll be starting the new season right after the first of the year so just just come out tell me a story or let me know where you're having a problem telling a story and I mean, let's fix that together uh, it's exciting again doug thompson thank you so much for joining us on get down to business come back and continue telling your stories uh in the coming uh in the coming months but uh, again appreciate you uh we'll be back and get down to business the show all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship after this quick break as always make sure you click subscribe rate and review it makes it easier for others to find it be sure to find my other podcast we all serve also available wherever your favorite podcast platform is we'll be back and get down to business in just a moment Welcome back to Get Down to Business, the show all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. And I'm absolutely thrilled to be joined by the owner and founder of Lux Honor, Jen Del Judas. Uh, Jen, welcome to Get Down to Business. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> absolutely. You got the business started again, Lux Honor. Um, you actually got started in 2014, but it was in 2017 that you. Uh, I believe it was the word honor that resonated with you and you incorporated that. So you've been around for a little while. So what was the catalyst for starting Lux Honor? So I'm a former registered nurse and also an aromatherapist. And I love to create blends with essential oils. I like to create plant medicine. And I have three girls. And ironically, um, two of my girls suffer from anxiety and they have all these gut issues. So it really led me to dig deeper into my blends. And, you know, I feel like we need Western medicine, um, but I believe let's just take the least invasive approach first and create something that can, that can really manage the body, um, the mind, body, and spirit. So I think it was my kids that really led me to this creation. I'll shout out to them. That's awesome. And that's great background on yourself as well. So let's get right into it. Lux Honor. So what is it that your company does? What, what services, products do you provide? Tell us a little bit about, uh, about the organization. So we are a wellness studio also, but we're also a, a product company, a natural product company. So I have um, 35 products that we manufacture in-house. I also have a, a deodorant that I have taken national. We get that uh, manufactured um, in Addison, Illinois. So we have our products, we have healing blends, we have mood blends, we have fun blends that we create for the, for the skin, for the body. Um, we also are a wellness studio 
And we have yoga, meditation. Um, we have um, uh, facials that are oncology approved. I'm also an a, 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 a oncology approved esthetician. I forgot to mention that. Um, and then we do massage and Reiki. Um, we have an energy healer um, that does energy work and she can do that remotely. Um, so we're, we're a wellness studio and then the product company. So in a nutshell, what is it when, when your customers, when your clients come in to Lux Honor, again, actually in LaGrange, um, but we'll get more into that in just a moment. Um, what are they looking for? And uh, you've already talked about some of the services and products that you can provide. What is it that, that you hear most frequently when somebody walks in the door or gives you a call or contacts you through the website? So great question. So I, you know, I really want people to look at us as a true wellness studio. And I always tell my clients, we want really three things. We want you to come through these doors and we want you to decompress. And we, you know, we get healthy people, but we sometimes get not so healthy people too. Um, we get those cancer patients, those patients suffering from Lyme disease that want to be, you know, super clean with their products. Um, so we want them to decompress. We always want them to learn something here. Um, we're all about education. And we, of course, want them to be on good products um, because we believe that um, a lot of our products, especially in America, have you know, preservatives in them that are not healthy for us. And so we want them to be on some clean products. I don't put any preservatives other than um, a rosemary extract and a vitamin E you know, to um, extend that shelf life and be an antioxidant. And you know, it, I believe that these toxins and products are causing disruptions in our hormones. I think they are part of the problem besides the food we eat and the air we breathe, you know, that's causing stress on our bodies. So I'm on a crusade to educate this world um, about these, you know, these toxins and products because people wow. they just don't realize it, you know, how how unhealthy they are. Amazing. I'm chatting with Jen Del Judas, uh, founder uh, of uh, Lux Honor in LaGrange. So in our uh, minute or so remaining, uh, I do want to hear from you. How has COVID-19 affected your business and what are your plans going into 2021? So, so we had to close our wellness studio. And so it made me think, okay, well, we have this hand sanitizer that I have already created, but I just made it better. And I looked at what the WHO recipe was. So I'm going to, I'm driving to pick up my 190 proof grain alcohol every month. Um, I have a huge truck loading it back to the studio and I'm making a really beautiful hand sanitizer that's, you know, really, really good. Um, so it has that grain alcohol. Um, so it's, you know, I also have essential oils in there that are antibacterial and antiviral. Um, I've had to, now that we're able to have some massage again, you know, we have safety precautions in place. You know, I make sure we're, you know, we're, um, six feet apart. We have masks, mm -hmm. we're hand washing, taking temperatures, having people sign documents. Um, but it has had a, it has caused us to, to pivot. It also um, led me to make an antibacterial disinfectant line, a household line and a, um, Castile soap. <laughs> so some of the challenges has led to growth, which is exciting. Jen Del Judas from Lux Honor. Uh, you're in LaGrange, but uh, certainly uh, lots of products that are available all over. So many services. How can folks get a hold of you? Just visit our online store, luxhonor.com. That's a double X, luxhonor.com. And uh, check us out.
Absolutely. Definitely check them out. A uh, amazing Illinois Chicagoland uh, success story that has pivoted through COVID-19, offering more products, more solutions. And I hope everybody reaches out to you to learn about the amazing work you and your team are doing. Jen, thanks so much for joining us on the air. Thank you so much, Shalom. Nice to meet you all. Absolutely. We'll be back and get down to business in just a moment. listening to get down to business as always get on my website shalomkline.com to download podcasts from the past seven years of programs all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship check out my website shalomkline.com follow me on twitter and i am absolutely thrilled to be joined by mike sirak uh caricho um i hope i pronounced that right um and mike you have an amazing amazing story uh to be told rocket fuel transforming ultimate adversity into inspirational greatness. Mike Searock, welcome to Get Down to Business. Shalom, thank you very much. I like to start every show that I come on to with gratitude because uh, I'm very humbled with the opportunity to be able to share with people and, and audiences. So thank you very much for having me. Absolutely. Thank you, my friend. Appreciate it. So let's get right into it. Um, you have a uh, pretty darn cool story. Um, your, uh, your dad, I believe, tossed you a Ben Franklin-faced bill at uh, when you were 11 years old. Um, and that was a uh, the start of of many things, I believe. Well, I guess it started eleven years prior to that. But uh, hey, we'll go with that. Uh, tell us a little bit about your story and where how it's led to where you are at today. Well, look, I don't have the worst upbringing uh, to story to tell. I know I have had people. You know, uh, I came from a broken home, and I talked to someone yesterday that came from an orphanage. So I tell the story not to to be a victim and and woe is me. But here's the thing. I share my story because I want to relate to people and connect with people that have gone through similar things. And I don't remember my parents ever together. And bottom line, I lived with my dad for three, three years of the very conflict uh, filled time with step parents and child support and custody. And a lot of it was taken out on the kids for whatever reason. And it was not a conducive environment conducive to happiness. So I wanted to get out of there. My mom filed court papers and my dad got those court papers delivered to him uh, one day. And I came home after school, the bomb kind of dropped. And he said, Hey man, go to your room. And I sat in my room, waited for about five minutes, probably it felt like five hours. And that's when he came back and, and confronted me about the court papers and said, it says here, you want to move with your mom. You know that they don't have it that well there. Now my dad was my hero. He had a great masonry business. He had rough hands and big forearms worked really hard. And he always carried a lot of hundred dollar bills in his pocket with a rubber band around it. I always looked up to him for that. I thought it was cool. I appreciated that he was a hard worker and I, he was my hero. Well, when I confirmed and stuck to my guns about the fact that I decided to leave, he was probably hurt. His pride was hurt, I'm sure. And again, I don't tell this story to bash my dad by any means because uh, I, I forgive everything, but it's something that put a charge in me. He takes the wad $100 bills out and says, okay, well, if this is the case, he takes one and crumples it up and throws it at me and says, you're going to need this when you're living on the streets with your mother one day. And, uh, you know, at 11 years old to have that happen with your hero basically feels like throwing in the towel on you. Uh, it's not a great feeling. And I thought to myself at that moment, I'm stubborn to a fault. First of all, Shalom, I'm like, you're, you're not going to win. You're not writing the story of my life. I'm determining that. And then the second thing I thought the rocket fuel, the rocket yeah, fuel, that's, that's where it started the conversion. Yeah. And I also thought to myself, this is an ordinary situation. There's gotta be other people in this. And I can be an inspiration to them because my mom implanted in, in my mind at a young, very young age that I'm a leader. Even before I knew what a leader was and 
before I was probably doing it. She kept saying, hey, you're a leader. You're going to lead people. And I think I started to believe that because my mind was telling me everything that you do now, you got to figure out ways that, that, to lead people. Yeah. So at that moment, I, I've been feeding and fueling off of that for 30 some years. And about two years ago, I really became aware of it and was able to actually add rocket fuel to the fact that I was converting all negatives, people, things into fuel to burst through, not just survive, but to actually burst through adversity. Uh, I love it. And it is, it is an inspiration. And uh, I, I know your, uh, your wife is an entrepreneur as well, uh, Jennifer. And um, you are providing inspiration to the many entrepreneurs that are tuning in um, to the program. So let's talk about how your message, that rocket fuel message, how has it been received by, uh, by business owners, by professionals, and how is it inspiring them? What lessons do you want folks to walk away from uh, after tuning in this evening? So as my entrepreneurial life has, has, has evolved, I've gone through from starting by myself to adding a partner to working with best friends and then to growing a team of 40 plus employees. And what the people, the way they respond is uh, basically how do I do that? Like, where do I start? And it's a proactive thing. It's not something that you can do in the middle of a setback because with the closer in proximity you are to a setback or adversity, the less light you see at the end of the tunnel, the less hope you have, you have to do this proactively. And so we focus on proactive measures to prepare yourself that one, to understand that there is going to be adversity. There's going to be setbacks. There's going to be negative people. It's a, it's a, it's just a fact of life, but understanding to recognize it as soon as you come into it as fast as possible and to start taking action to find the good in it as fast as possible because other people get paralyzed in it and then you can blow past the competition with this. So the, the reception to this has been great. And I ask people basically, do you want to learn how to be unstoppable and indestructible? And I can show you. And, and in you, you are including a 12 step unstoppability guide, uh, which provides ways to remove obstacles from preventing people from realizing the lives that they want. And that is inspirational in a major, major way. So we are going to squeeze in a quick break, but I do want to make sure even before the break that we, uh, that we, uh, we, we provide the, the link, uh, Mike Sirock, you, uh, the, the rocket fuel, how can people uh, learn more and, uh, and get a copy of the book? Well, if you go to MikeCrock.com with no K, that's MikeCrock.com forward slash book, MikeCrock.com forward slash book. You go there, you register, get the book. Uh, the Rocket Fuel book is available now. And then Unstoppability is being worked on right now, which is, <laughs> that's my next project. And I'm so fired up about that because who doesn't want to be unstoppable? You're fired up about everything, my friend. You're fired up and, uh, and inspiring people uh, every day. Your story, that $100 bill um, propelled you in a major, major way. And that's exciting. And I'm excited to uh, hear a little bit more about the story. We're going to squeeze in a quick break here on Get Down to Business. Special shout out to our good friends at Chicago Signature Limo uh, for their support of the program. For all of your transportation needs, check out chicagosignaturelimo.com and Tom Arabali, health insurance plan, chicago.com. Check it out. We'll be back and get down to business in just a moment here on the show all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. Hey, welcome back. I am rejoined by Mike Searock, um, the amazing inspiration, uh, the rocket fuel behind all of us entrepreneurs uh, tuning in uh, this evening. And uh, Mike Searock, so you live in Ocean City, Maryland with your wife, Jennifer, kids, Nicholas and Sophia. 
And I know that you are hoping that your story that we've been talking about uh, can be an, an example and inspiration for others. So I want to get a little bit deeper into you and sort of your plans in the future, as well as the plans of your family. How are you taking your own message to heart? And what are what are some of your objectives that you are being powered and fueled on um, in 2021? Well, you know, Shalom, what I realized was that message is not about me. Um, when I went through that thing as a child, it wasn't about me. It's about other people. And when I realized that it's about other people and what you can do for other people, that is what really changed everything for me. And, you know, I can't change people, control people, but I can influence people. And that's one thing I've become, you know, aware of is the fact that I got to be able to influence people. How can I do that? Well, you're not going to control them and change them by talking to them necessarily and telling them what they need to do, but you got to show them in doing what you do, how you take care of your life. How do you expand on your abilities and your, you know, work on your weaknesses and build your strengths and, and, and being a role model. And that's so influential and that's how you can help change people and inspire people. And that's what I've been focusing on. So the book that I'm writing, you know, that I wrote rocket fuel and the following one unstoppability is all about trying to influence and inspire people. And so with that part of it, um, my mentor, Grant Cardone, uh, I'm just following his blueprint because he's blown up and has a big audience now for being able to help people and financially the money part, that's all byproducts, but being able to help and inspire people. So I'm looking at who is where I want to be or on the journey to where I want to be as a mentor. And then I'm just getting their blueprint and I'm just following it. I'm not thinking necessarily, I'm just following it. And that's, that's what's in it for me coming up here. But next generation, and I don't want to get you out of this question over here. Next generation, Nicholas, Sophia, um, they're, uh, they're, they're going to, uh, they're going to be around um, as in the future. What are some of the things I, I, you're, you're, you're a high pressure kind of guy. You've got big plans for the world. What are the plans for your own kids? What are, what are they hoping to do and, and, and become, and do they understand the message of rocket fuel? Yeah, they do. And, you know, I want my kids to look back and, and have a story about me, not about throwing a hundred dollar bill at them. Although that helped inspire me and change me. And the challenge was there. I thank my dad for actually doing that, but I don't want to do it in that manner. I want to do it a little differently. So they have stories about how their father helped them, but helped millions of people change their lives. And that's what I'm looking to, to do with them and inspire and whatever they want to do. I encourage them and tell them all the time, you can do whatever you want. It's a matter what you want. That's not, that's, that's, that's the question. And so, uh, you know, my son wants to be a screenwriter and an actor, my daughter, she's only eight. She doesn't know what she wants to do yet. She tells me she wants to be a soccer player for the Olympics and who knows, but, uh, whatever they want to do, I'm going to continue to encourage them to understand that there is no limitations. I love it. I love it. And they're probably asking you, dad, what the heck is a hundred dollar bill? We only use credit cards. Nobody uses cash anymore. <laughs> Um, but hey, we'll uh, we'll leave that for another conversation. Mike Searock, an inspirational story, Rocket Fuel. How, again, can people get a hold of you, uh, get a copy of the book, and follow your unstoppable next steps? Well, they can. Uh, Instagram is a great way to communicate with me. I love Instagram. If you're not on Instagram, I'm on Facebook. Check it out. Uh, but at Instagram, it's at Mikey Searock. Mikey Searock. And then the book, again, guys, this is going to change millions of lives. And I want you to have a copy of this to help me spread the message and spread the word. And that's Mike Searock, C-R-O-C.com forward slash book. Mike Searock.com forward slash book. Thank you, Shalom. Absolutely. Thanks for coming on. And uh, we'll be following your journey and your rocket fuel uh, in the future on Get Down to Business. 
So thanks so much for joining us, uh, Chicago. You, you've been listening to the show all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. Also available via podcast. Make sure you're rating and reviewing. It makes it easier for people to find it. I also host another podcast called We All Serve, where I interview leadership lessons learned from veterans, folks that have put on the uniform. So check that out as well. Again, get to my website, shalomkline.com, where you can learn all about all of these programs. We'll be back next Sunday on AM560, The Answer to Success. Let's get down to business. Thank you.